On today's show, Mickey Trescott and Angie Alt, both leaders in the autoimmune protocol world, join me on the show to share their stories and to talk about their new printed autoimmune wellness handbook. Welcome back to the Fed and Fit Podcast. I'm thrilled today to have not just one, but two awesome ladies on the show today, Mickey Trescott and Angie Alt. Um, both are, Mickey is an NTP, Angie is an NTC, NC. HC. I'll tell you what all of that is in just a second. I'm really excited to have them both on. First, I'll tell you about Mickey. Mickey is a nutritional therapy practitioner. That's what the NTP stands for. Chef, blogger, and author of the Autoimmune Paleo Cookbook. She's the creator of AIP Batch Cook, a video-based cooking program that teaches users how to prepare allergen-free meals in their own home. Very, very cool stuff. She teaches cooking classes online and at seminars across the country as well as, as at Bastyr University. I hope I said that right. I'm an Aggie. <laughs> We're kind of Yeah, tuck- no, you, you totally got it. I nailed it. Awesome. I feel, sometimes I feel like I'm tucked into my Texas bubble very tightly. Mickey is on the board of directors for Hashimoto's Awareness, an advocacy organization for sufferers of Hashimoto's disease. And in 2012, Mickey founded autoimmunepaleo.com, a website with recipes and resources for those suffering from autoimmune diseases. She lives in Williamette Valley, Oregon. Did I say that one right too, Mickey? Willamette. Close. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did I say it like Siri says it? (laughs) I think you did better than Siri, actually. Awesome. Okay, I'm going to tell you guys about Angie. Angie is nutritional therapy consultant. That's what the NTC stands for. And a certified health coach, the CHC. She's also the author of the Alternative Autoimmune Cookbook, a recipe and guidebook for the autoimmune protocol. She's the creator of SAD and AIP in six, an online coaching program that has helped over 1,000 members on the path to wellness. Very cool. Teaching them how to transition their diets and lifestyle over a six-week period in 2015, Angie became a partner at autoimmunepaleo.com, and she lives in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Angie. Thanks. It's nice to be here. Oh, it's nice to have you girls here. Well, I'm going to pass the baton off. I mean, those were really lovely bios and gave a nice introduction, but I would love it if y'all could share a little bit more about your stories um, and about this latest project that you girls are working on. Yeah, so Mickey here, I'll go first. And, uh, you know, my journey really started like a lot of us who, you know, come to paleo, come to uh, all these like health modifications, diet modifications, the autoimmune protocol um, with a personal health issue. So I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's and celiac disease about five years ago now after suffering for about a year, which, you know, in the scheme of things isn't very long, but it was a pretty bad year. And, uh, and I kept going to the doctor and trying to figure out what was wrong. And there were kind of two parts to my story. One part was not really getting what I needed from the medical community. So going to the doctor and being told that there was nothing wrong, that my lab tests were normal, a lot of refusal to order additional testing. Um, And then the second part was just that food was a part of my problem, but I had a really hard time uncovering exactly what that meant. So I had been vegan for 10 years. um, So I really was eating this low fat plant-based diet. I thought that it was great. And when I was having problems and I asked my doctors about it, they said, oh no, that's the best diet you could possibly eat. And it has nothing to do 
with the problems you're having. So I actually found out uh, through a whole slew of events that I won't bore you guys. It's a really long story. Um, But really the food piece was a really big part of why I wasn't feeling well and why even after I got my diagnosis, I continued to feel worse. So I got to the point where I lost my job. I could barely get out of bed in the morning. All my hair was falling out. I was just super emotional. I was super anxious. Um, And, you know, every day was a struggle. And when I went back to my doctors and I said, you know, this, this, these problems that I'm having, they're not really explained by my diagnosis. And what you guys told me to do was just go gluten-free. It's not really working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they told me that I was probably developing more autoimmune diseases and that I just needed to wait to experience those symptoms for six more months before they could give me a diagnosis. Um, and I wasn't going to wait that long. You know, I was having neurological problems, balance problems, uh, numbness, especially one side of my face. I was slurring my speech. I had this crazy cloud of brain fog. I couldn't even think or or uh, remember anything. And um, it was really debilitating. So I went online and that's how I found out about dietary modifications for people with autoimmune disease. So what I really started researching was what does science say about nutrition for people that have an autoimmune condition? And what I found out was, you know, this whole wormhole of information coming from people like Chris Kresser, Sarah Ballantyne, uh, Dr. Datis Karazian, who are all kind of in the alternative functional medicine community. And really what they're saying was passing along this research that showed that there were all these foods that were problems for people with autoimmune disease. So that's how I got into this modification of the paleo diet called the autoimmune protocol, which is just a little more strict than paleo. Um, And then you reintroduce foods back, you know, those nutrient dense foods. We can talk about that later, like the eggs and um, nuts and seeds and things like that, that not everyone's sensitive to, you know, you add them back in, but then there are other foods like gluten containing grains, um, dairy for a lot of people, nightshade foods, you know, those are things that some people without immune disease just can't tolerate. So completely, you know, changed my life kind of getting on this track of AIP. And five years later, um, here I am trying to share that message of wellness and hope with people um, that are diagnosed and and just really want to know what they can do. um, Because it was a really scary place not having any options and, and not feeling like there was any Thing I could do to help myself when I was really sick. What a beautiful story and really, really encouraging. I know that there's a lot of folks here. You girls, believe it or not, you're actually the first autoimmune protocol specialist that I've had on the show. Ooh, cool. I know. You're, you're, breaking, you're breaking ground. Um, yeah, that's, that's really, really wonderful and really encouraging. And I know that it's going to resonate with some readers because I've talked with a lot of folks one-on-one, but, um, this is the first very open format that we've brought it up. So I think that's wonderful. We, I, um, tip my hat to an autoimmune protocol, um, probably the most widely accepted form of it in the Fed and Fit book with recipe modifications and notes just to kind of help cater. But it's really, really wonderful to hear your testimonial and your perspective. That's wonderful and that you've taken it and run with it. Um, Angie, I'd love if you could share us a little bit more about your story as well. Sure. So I have a very similar story to Mickey. Um, You know, celiac disease is also my primary autoimmune diagnosis. Uh, I have two others as well, endometriosis and lichen sclerosis. My story is a little longer than hers, though. Um, You know, it's not so unusual in the autoimmune world for 
the path to diagnosis to be um, a little bit ridiculously long, and mine is on the outside of the, that far end. Oh, <laughs> it took me about 11 years to get my diagnosis from the first onset of symptoms, um, which started shortly after my daughter was born. That's also pretty common. Um, autoimmune diseases are affected, women are primarily um, affected by autoimmune diseases, and it's not so unusual for the changes that come with uh, pregnancy and childbirth to bring that on. So not so unusual, but that's when it started in my early 20s after my little girl was born. And then it just kind of kept progressing. And I picked up some other uh, friendly autoimmune diseases along the way, or not so friendly, I should say. Um, And then finally, in my early 30s, while we were living overseas, my husband works in international development. So we were living in West Africa. I started getting really sick, um, started having a lot of the same kinds of problems that Mickey was talking about. You know, most of this is the result of malnourishment as the intestine is damaged from celiac disease. So I started having a lot of neurological problems, um, lots of strange heart palpitations, terrible brain fog, numbness, tingling, you know, the whole gamut. Um, and that is really scary and not fun, but it was even more so in an environment that just had so little access to health care. Um, we didn't really know what was causing the problems and it started to get, uh, you know, kind of a traumatic level scary. Um, so I ended up going through three medical evacuations and finally returned to the United States permanently to try to look for help. And I started seeing doctor after doctor. And uh, most of them just told me I was stressed out. <laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. you're right, I am stressed out because I feel terrible and I need help. <laughs> um and finally, uh, I was referred to a GI doctor who recognized the symptoms, and she tested me and diagnosed me with celiac disease. And I started the gluten-free diet, just the traditional gluten-free diet, which I'm sure lots of your listeners are aware of. Um, but like Mickey, it didn't help. In fact, I got sicker. My antibodies climbed, and I started ending up in the emergency room pretty often with anaphylaxis level um, allergic reactions to other foods, even though I was eating gluten-free. And so I was getting really desperate by that point. And I started doing a lot of research online because I saw that the conventional medical system was kind of at the end of what they could offer me for treatment for my autoimmune conditions. And I came across uh, what were the beginning threads of what became the autoimmune protocol. And I started... uh, I I just jumped right in. I I started literally overnight and um, it was a big change and it worked and it worked so well that I decided to start blogging about it. And in that process, uh, I met some other women. There was probably about four or five of us in the beginning that I could find in the whole United States that were also doing it. And Mickey was one of them. And eventually we merged our missions and here we are. What an amazing story, man. You girls are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'm jotting down some questions for you, but that's really, really inspiring. 11 years. Of course, you'd be stressed out. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I was like, "Um, I don't really need an antidepressant. I need to figure out what's wrong with me. (laughs) I just need help, by golly. Oh, my goodness. Wow. And what a blessing um, to have found that in AIP. Um, So tell me how the two of you have merged your worlds together and, and what you're working on now. So uh, two and a half or three years ago, is that right, Angie? We uh, yeah. we kind of had this idea, you know, we were both blogging on our own. Our blogs were very personal, you know, our personal hearing, healing stories. 
And we were, I think, actually hanging out together. Angie was self-publishing her book, and I traveled out to D.C. to uh, to meet up with her and just kind of help her get it off the ground. And we were both, like, scheduling Facebook posts, and we were both like, oh, this is kind of weird that we both do the same thing. What if we kind of, like, combined forces and did it together? Because really what we were trying to do is exactly the same thing, trying to inspire people and share good recipes that were compliant for the autoimmune protocol. And so what started with this kind of little thought, we decided, well, wait a minute, if we actually put our heads together, we might be able to create something that just one of us wouldn't be able to create. So we had some brainstorming sessions and we created what uh, now is autoimmune-paleo.com. Um, and we just kind of joined forces and, uh, you know, wrote some awesome vision and mission statements and kind of penned out what our core values were and really um, tried to provide a resource that not only um, provided information, really timely, accurate information for people with autoimmune disease, but also connect them and plug them into this community over, you know, social media. And we have some different posts about um, people around the world sharing their kitchens and, you know, what works for them and, and all that kind of thing to just kind of take the pressure off of us having it be so personal, especially since we've both recovered and, you know, we're not, you know, the ongoing story is not the same as kind of the healing story. And so, um, you know, we've got some great contributors. And so from there, you know, we just were super fired up when a publisher approached us about writing a cookbook. And we were like, hey, we've both written our own cookbooks and there are like six other AIP cookbooks. You know, did you guys not get the memo? Um, <laughs> but we are kind of doing this this thing that's a little bit bigger than just the food. And so we pitched them an idea for the Autoimmune Wellness Handbook, which um, is a book that they ultimately loved the concept. And, uh, you know, they signed us up to publish under them. And so we began the process of, you know, two years of writing this book that, you know, is really meant to be just kind of a starting place for people with autoimmune disease. I don't know, Angie, maybe you can tell people a little more about the book. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a holistic look. Um, you know, holistic is just a fancy word for all the pieces, whole, whole, whole view um, of how to approach uh, living well with autoimmune disease. And, um, it's really done uniquely from the perspective that um, you don't need a guru or some specialist to be your guide on this journey. There is a lot that you can do on your own and you can be in charge of choosing the players who come alongside you, your doctors, et cetera, and that help you make your recovery. Um, so it's just kind of like uh, a lot of empowerment in a little package. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, then I have a question for you about the book. Is there, and this is a very unfair question, and when people ask me a Fed and Fit, I didn't have a great answer for them, but I think it's a good one. If there was one takeaway, um, aside from the overall feeling of empowerment, but if there was like one um, little nugget of information that you would want folks to tuck into their pocket to remember um, that you included in the book, you know, what what would that be from... Um, from the autoimmune wellness handbook. Are you going to go? (laughs) (laughs) How about you go first, Nancy? (laughs) I mean, I think, you know, honestly, I would go back to the empowerment piece that, that you can, you can be in the driver's seat. You can own your journey. Um, and that, 
by doing that, you can kind of join this whole uh, wellness revolution that's going on out here with autoimmune disease. Um, I think Mickey and I both came from really um, disempowered and really lonely spots. And I think most people with autoimmune disease begin there. And I think we are really fired up to show people that they don't have to stay in that place. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, just the fact that you can live better, you know, Mm -hmm. you can live well with autoimmune disease. I think until recent times, autoimmune disease has been so deep and dark and confusing and, you know, there really hasn't been a lot of support, but now I've just really want to show people with this book that a, you know, it doesn't start and end with your doctor. Like, yes, that is a big part of managing an autoimmune disease. And and we talk about that in the book. We have a lot of information about how to talk to your doctor, how to pick out a doctor, where to find them, how to get them, you know, to work with your other practitioners, the difference between natural and conventional, you know, that's all really important, but that's not the only, until now, that was like the only way of managing an autoimmune disease. Now you have all of these tools of diet and lifestyle and, you know, this community support connection with other people, um, just all these resources that people can connect with and use to live well. And, uh, you know, we have tons of stories from this community of people that have had success. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that's really what we're trying to share with people. That's really wonderful. Really, really beautiful and really, really needed as someone who, as a, as a nutrition consultant, I've worked with a lot of folks that really do speak to that, um, disempowered state of being, um, and feeling like there aren't very many answers. And then, and then at a, at a, you know, just a first glance, an autoimmune protocol can seem a little overwhelming. So to have it laid out in a very approachable, logical, empowering to your credit uh, format sounds really wonderful and very needed. Um, so speaking of finding a doctor, I know you said that it's in the book and if folks want to read more to check out the autoimmune wellness handbook, but do you have any, just a quick snippet of advice for someone who maybe is at this stage of unwell and they are trying to find, um, or maybe they're trying to make a change in their PCP, uh, primary care provider. How, how, how would you direct somebody on the path of finding the right doctor? So I usually advise people, you know, I get a lot of questions about what kind of doctor do I need, but I think the more, the quality of what kind of doctor, um, at not as in credential, but as in maybe like their, their open-mindedness or their collaborative nature, that is the thing that you're really looking for. So depending on your insurance and depending on your issues, um, you know, that can be anywhere across the board. Some people mm-hmm. have, you know, not medically diagnosable issues. Maybe they're just feeling a little bit tired, um, that fatigue starting to, to set in, maybe they're having some insomnia at night. Um, you know, if you go to a doctor, you know what they're going to do. They're going to maybe check your thyroid. They're going to maybe give some sleeping pills. Um, unless that's something that someone wants, you know, which, um, you know, some thyroid lab tests, if they're an open-minded doctor would probably be a good thing. But, you know, for those kind of beginning nonspecific symptoms, working with someone like a nutritionist or, you know, a nutritional consultant, kind of like what we do is a really great first line. But for people that have a serious already diagnosed autoimmune disease that needs regular monitoring and treatment, they really need to find that doctor that kind of has the credential to offer them whatever they need. So if they need a prescription medication, like I take thyroid hormone. um, So I need to work with a doctor that can legally prescribe that. I can't really work with a nutritionist for something like that. Um, But that quality, you know, that 
listening, um, that open-mindedness, that collaboration is, I think, the foundation of anyone you work with. Because um, I've been able to talk to general MDs, NDs, functional MDs, like all across the board. Um, I've been able to talk to them about, you know, some of these tests that um, are maybe not conventional or maybe medication that isn't conventional. And depending on who they are, if they're willing to listen to you and help you out and be creative, um, that's kind of what you're looking for. Yeah. And they're out there. And I think that's an important point to make because there's some folks listening right now who just maybe they haven't ever encountered um, a medical professional um, with, like you said, those credentials that is open-minded and is collaborative. Um, so just know that they are out there. It just might take some searching. Yeah, and people yeah. might even find that their current doctors are collaborative or open-minded. They they just have never asked the right questions, you know. And I've worked with doctors where the treatment, like originally my thyroid hormone was unconventional for the doctors that I was working with, but I was able to show them articles and research where people were talking about that natural thyroid and the uh, ratio of T3 to T4, which are the thyroid hormones and the medication. And I actually had a doctor that prescribed my medication after they looked into it at my request. So you never know. It doesn't have to specifically be some fancy functional medicine doctor. Sometimes you can go to your regular doctor and, you know, make a good case for what you're asking for. What a brilliant take on things. You know, and at the end of the day, I really like to, we tout a lot that knowledge is power and it's okay to be an informed consumer and it's okay to be an informed patient um, and to walk in with research and don't feel like you don't have a right, you know, just like Mickey did to bring things up and, and, and offer other perspectives. Awesome. Um, well, that brings up another question. Let's see. So I'm curious about uh, something you said. I think, Mickey, it was something that you said about um, the distinction between ongoing AIP living versus just starting an AIP lifestyle. And is there a distinction that you think you can think of between the two, aside from maybe reintroducing, um, going through a reintroduction phase where maybe you might find that eggs and nuts and seeds are okay, but um, is there a, is there a mindset difference? Because sometimes I bring this up because, like I said, I've worked with folks who follow an autoimmune protocol for a very strict point in time, um, you know, for a very specific purpose, and they do well with it, but they have a hard time understanding how they can live well, which is the point of what y'all are doing um, with that, you know, if for eternity, so to speak. I yeah, think we, this, we, yeah, we kind no, of go ahead, talk Angie. about, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, I think we kind of talk about this in the book and, um, it's, it's kind of an ebb and flow, you know, as you go through the process of kind of regaining your health, uh, after initially being, you know, probably down in the dumps with autoimmune disease, you, you'll start to recognize things about your body and what it needs. You'll start to kind of hear it talking to you better and you'll know, uh, more instinctively, when are the times that you can kind of like basically unfurl the sails, you know, to, to give more sailing analogies, you can kind of let things be a little looser and you can enjoy a wider variety of foods and, um, you know, really maybe take advantage of the reintroductions that you've been able to bring back into your diet. 
have an extra glass of wine, maybe at a dinner party or whatever. And, and it's fine. But then there may be other times where you know that your body needs kind of a little bit tighter uh, controls. Um, or you might even anticipate them coming. You know, if you know you're going to be, for instance, under a lot of stress at work, you may know that you're going to need to kind of be extra careful with your diet for a while, really, really mindful of your sleep, do lots of stress management stuff, you know, things to uh, prepare your body so that the the chances of the autoimmune disease kind of just like flaring up and leaving you in misery are, are are less likely to happen. It's it's kind of learning how to do this dance a little bit that helps you maintain the balance. What a fabulous perspective! And I think that that's a that's a great takeaway for folks who maybe are not diagnosed or potentially um, suffering from an autoimmune disease. For example, when I'm working on a big work project. Um, I will dial it back on my exercise because at the end of the day, exercise is a stressor. As many awesome benefits that come from it, I'm also not going to go, you know, and give a CrossFit workout my all four or five, four to five times a week. I'm going to dial back and I'm going to do more restorative yoga type practices and just get out and move and walk and do things that are less stressful that keep me moving because the total load is really what you're focused on um, and trying to, you know, really balance those stressors. So that's brilliant. Awesome. I love it. Love the answer. Okay, let's see. What um so are there any other big takeaways that you're really excited to share with the world that are going to be in the autoimmune wellness handbook? Like just some stuff that you've been waiting to say and put out there resource-wise um or some references or even some recipes. You know, what are what are some of the pieces of it that you're most excited to share? You know, for me, uh, some of the lifestyle stuff has been really powerful in my own life. And I think that, uh, you know, Angie and I pretty much share this experience of having diet be the thing that we talked about on our blogs and in our stories. But really, we were starting to nerd out about all of these aspects of life, like rest, stress management, movement, connection. Um, And so it kind of feels like we're taking a full circle look at kind of what we personally did to get well. So I was really excited to have the opportunity to address those areas because, you know, for a lot of people, food is an easy thing to change, um, at least, uh, you know, once you get a hang of it compared to some of this other stuff, um, this lifestyle stuff that, you know, can go kind of against what people uh, are used to in their culture and their jobs and their work stress and their families, um, the way they sleep, the way they move. I I mean, all of that stuff is a little bit difficult, like going on a diet is a pretty common thing for people. So um, that was really fun. And specifically for me, the connection chapter. So we talk about how connection to other people and also connection with nature affects people with autoimmune disease. And it might seem like something that's a little bit out there, but especially in reference to nature, there's so much research about the effects of being in nature on the immune system. So they actually studied uh, groups of people that would go to a camping trip in the forest and they would see how their immune system was positively modulated. So for people that have autoimmune disease, this means it was brought more into balance um, when they, for a whole month after they, you know, went on a weekend camping trip in the forest or something. Amazing. 
Yeah. And that's something that I've always felt this soul connection to being in nature. It's kind of why I left the city and I live in a more rural area, but to see that validated in research and be able to write about it and be able to say to people, yes, going camping, um, you know, you don't have to pitch a tent. You can go glamping and stay in a cabin. Um, but just being in nature and, and being mindful of that aspect can actually impact your autoimmune disease. Fabulous. I completely agree. I couldn't agree more. That's wonderful. Really, really wonderful. Well, if you gals could remind us, remind us when the autoimmune wellness handbook is going to be available, where folks can find it, um, and then where they can find you. So the book comes out November 1st. Uh, they can find us and the book uh, at our website, autoimmune-paleo.com. Um, and it will be on store shelves all over um, on November 1st. You can get it pre-ordered on Amazon and other online retailers now. We also have a podcast. It's called oh, the Autoimmune yeah. Wellness Podcast. <laughs> I, I, and I heard something about that. That's Yay. our brand new project. I keep forgetting we did it, but I don't know how because it's a huge, uh, a huge amount of work, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just did one season because we were like, this is a lot of work, and I don't know if we can commit to this like all of our other uh, friends in the community <laughs> who apparently have their stuff together pretty well, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, girls, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the podcast and especially congratulations on the book. I know it sounds, it's very obvious from just hearing the two of you talk. It's a labor of love. And um, I'm really, I'm really thrilled, personally thankful that you're putting this out there in the world and that I've got a place to direct folks for these answers. So that's really wonderful. And I'm going to link up to um, their website, their podcast, and of course, to their book in the show notes. You can find all of that information there as well as a full transcript of today's show. So in case you miss something, you can scroll back through and you can read it. Thanks for joining me on the show today, girls. Thank, Thank you, you so for, much having for having us. us. Oh my gosh, you guys were perfectly in sync there. You're so, you're so welcome. The pleasure was mine. Um, really, really appreciate it. And I know that a lot of the listeners appreciated it as well. So thanks for joining. And everybody, we'll be back again next week.